I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The Liberals and Conservatives want to play a political game and score points. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You're actually sharing half of the story. Lies, 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 yeah! All right, let's get into it. Tom Korski is back, managing editor of Blacklock's Reporter, doing the scoops, getting the documents, all the goods up on Parliament Hill. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Anthony. So we've been talking a lot about immigration numbers, uh, international students related to the housing crisis, related to dealing with infrastructure. You know, in the United States, they talk a lot about their border concerns. They're pretty porous border in terms of lots of people just crossing over from Mexico, not necessarily... Uh, Mexicans, but people using it as an entry point. But we're hearing some questions uh, happening on the Hill in terms of people from Mexico coming up to Canada as well. What's the latest on that? Well, you ask yourself, what would be the number one country for refugee claimants in Canada, all over the world? You think, well, it must be China, Russia, maybe, you know, perhaps one of these war-torn countries. No, It's Mexico. Over 22,000 claims pending at the Immigration and Refugee Board. These are refugee claimants. The vast majority of these claims are rejected. A few years ago, it was as few as uh, under 200. What happened? Well, 2016, Cabinet repealed a requirement that for Mexican nationals to get on an airplane and come to Canada, you needed a visa. They got rid of it. It was intended, they said at the time, to promote tourism, make money. We're going to make money on this deal, Anthony. Well, it didn't turn out that way. Repealing the visa requirement costs $60 million a year, by their estimate, Department of Immigration and other government agencies. And refugee claims, and forgive my language, bogus refugee claims went through the roof. And now opposition said, you've got to bring that visa requirement back. The Minister of Immigration himself, Mark Miller, testifying in committee when asked, isn't there action by Mexican cartels, organized crime in this border traffic, said, well, there's law, all sorts of crime. We're trying to get on it. I can't say anything publicly. <laughs> this is not good, Anthony. So where does this leave us in terms of just having control of the system? A lot of people have said when it comes to any of these uh, sort of intakes, when it comes to immigration numbers, refugee numbers, it feels like we just don't really have a handle on what's happening, fraud and everything. It seems like this is just a new sort of prong. Well, it's not new, but at least the focus on it is a new sort of prong to all of that. It is a core function, though, isn't it? And it, back in way back in 20, 2009, the claims got up to around 9,000. Can you imagine 9,000 refugee claims from Mexican nationals? Kavanaugh said that's it. And they brought in the visa requirement. Refugee claims dropped like a like a stone, as mm. you can imagine. And so the remedy, they know what the answer is. <laughs> you have to bring back the visa requirement. I think that cabinet is going to do that, whether they don't like to do it because Stephen Harper did it. Anyway, these refugee claims, you know, by official estimate, Anthony, you know this, they can take two years or more to wind right. their way through the appeal system. This is really, really expensive. Who knows that more than people who live in Toronto? No, absolutely. Changing gears here, Tom, another Blacklocks reporter story. Arrive can. Well, speaking of arrivals, definitely frustrated a lot of people during the COVID times and then after as well as it lingered there. Federal auditors, though, are summoned today to a hearing of the Commons Public Accounts Committee 
talking about the Arrive Can program. A majority of MPs did vote to go ahead with this special audit of the Arrive Can program. Are we going to get any answers, Tom? Uh, MPs want answers. That committee hearing starts in just a few minutes. Uh, this is uh, no joke, Anthony. Every time MPs ask a straight question about that program. They can't get a straight answer. This was double the cost originally reported to Parliament, $54 million. It has been established as fact and evidence before committees that there were subcontractors and contractors who had sweetheart contracts. They became millionaires off this thing. And anytime you ask who approved the contract, why did the cost go up so much, they can never get a straight answer. Very rare, not unprecedented, rare for the House of Commons to order a special audit. They did in this case. They got an update today. We're going to find out in a few minutes. All right. We look forward to getting that information. Speaking of straight answers, one straight answer we do have from StatsCan, transit use in long-term decline. And we talk talk about it here in Toronto. How can we bring back confidence in public transit? I mean, I was committed to to making it safer, a visible police presence on public transit. But then the question of, is there just a more sort of existential decline in it anyway? There shouldn't be because our cities are growing in population. What's StatsCan saying? StatsCan is saying with more people working from home, office workers, obviously, teleworking, there is a, a, they see even from the pandemic levels and certainly pre-pandemic levels, a long-term decline in ridership right across the country. Well, that's a municipal problem. Why is that anyone else's problem? Because the feds federalized it. From Uh, the pandemic, for the first time in Canadian history, they federalized uh, subsidies to offset transit deficits. It is costing taxpayers across the country billions of dollars, and the greater the deficit goes, the more the subsidies cost. You, If you live in Moose Jaw, you're paying for the TTC, even if you never step foot on a subway. Okay, well, hold on, Tom. I, I got to defend a little bit here the city of Toronto because we're also paying for things in Moose Jaw through our tax dollars. But I take your point on all of that. How do we navigate this, this, this decline in ridership? Yeah, I, I don't think bus fares is a federal matter. I mean, we do have division of powers. This is not an argument for constitutional lawyers. Why? There's a reason that transit is a municipal system, because municipal ratepayers have control over it, and they can see the immediate impact in terms of fares and deficits. That's no one else's business. I mean, as an Ottawa ratepayer, believe me, I'm stuck with Ottawa Carleton Transpo, it makes TTC look like a Swiss watch. <laughs> it does. Good luck with that. That is quite a system that you have over there. Tom Korski, managing editor, Blacklocks reporter. You're going to pay attention to those committee hearings, getting the answers on Arrive Can. I know you'll be writing about it uh, promptly, so we look forward to reading it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Anthony.